0: Hey guys, JK here. Hey, before we start the podcast, I wanna take a quick moment to share some things that I'm really excited about. You know that we absolutely love the conversations we start on this podcast, and I wanna continue to provide you with practical application so that you can take action and lead in your life. So we've launched the new content called JK download. It's on the website. Just go to joshkalinowski.com. This is where we're going to share exclusive training and downloadable templates to motivate and empower you to overcome. We've got the prayer. Many of you have already downloaded that. We've got the hell yeah statement. And I will tell you in times of uncertainty, in times of chaos, you need to have a vision for where you want to go. And the hell yeah statement definitely helps you get there. And then the prayer, I'm telling you what, when you implement it and and your prayers that you did for your children and especially for yourself, you will be much more fulfilled in your life. So subscribe, you'll get it in your email box and check it out at joshkalinowski.com. Hey guys, you're listening to the JK Experience where we train leaders to live a life of exceptional impact, influence, and faith. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the JK Experience. Um, I tell you what, I think I'm going to give James a complex because he has not been on these uh, recent podcasts and he doesn't get these opportunities uh, to uh, to be interviewing some amazing people here. But uh, I tell you what, I am so excited today, you guys, uh, we've got an amazing guest. Uh, Shran Srivatsa Sh- is uh, not only, I would consider, a great close friend, but also a, just a massive mentor of mine um, and has really it uh, made a, m- a really big impact in my life and we get to have him on the show today. So Sharon, thank you so much, dude. I know you're busy. I know you're impacting so many people's lives and you took some time today to be with us. So thanks, brother.
1: And I'm super excited. And people don't realize how hard this stuff is, right? Like it's a, we got to get get our schedules worked out, get schedules kind of lined up, get tech, get all the systems working. And yeah. there's a, uh, people think this is just production of the podcast. The pre and post is probably 10 times of the, uh, the actual recording of the show. So thank you for having me. I know how hard this is because I have my own show too. So I get it.
0: Yeah, well, thanks, man. Well, and you gave me some grace because I was running a little bit late because of, you know, things happen. And, you know, as as leaders, as business owners, uh, we have to be able to adjust a little bit. And, and uh, the fact that you showed grace for me this morning was just, once again, indicative of the man that you are. So um, I just want to give everybody just a little bit of a glimpse of who you are. Um, uh, you were you were uh, a former professional tennis player, by the way, which is amazing. My wife absolutely loves this. She's a huge fan of tennis and is playing that uh, now. In her life, and so she's very intrigued to have more conversations with you about that. Uh, and that wasn't even something of a dreamy verse, but we're going to get into that. But so, a former professional tennis player, uh, went to college in, in the states. Was from you know from India originally. Um, went to, uh, went and was hired by Goldman Sachs after 39 interviews, which is not including all the other things that you did in order to get to that point, which is amazing. Uh, grew a, an amazing company and tell us. Uh, and basically 10 X that within five years and then, um, uh, then sold that company, but then you're an entrepreneur. You're a part of some amazing things out there that are going on. You're an angel. You're a part of an angel fund group as well, too. I mean, the list goes on and on. And when I was reading this and of course, obviously doing even more research because you're such a humble man. You don't really share a lot of these things that you're a part of. Um, one of the things that I got to tell you that I was just so impressed with is that, uh, you are a uh, part of, um, not only a, a couple venture capitalist groups, which is amazing, but also it was the, uh, where I'm going to find it, the genius network, uh, you are part of that. And I mean, even by saying that I'm like. That's pretty badass, right there, dude. Like that is like <laughs> awesome. So, uh, dude, I tell you what, your credentials are amazing, and you continue to just keep adding to them.
1: Hey, man, I, I appreciate it. And, and you know, the interesting part is, uh, let's talk about the the first thing that you just said, right? So, I think that the, a tightly wound entrepreneur is an ineffective one, yeah. right? And in in our conversations, if there's, I remember our first deep dive when you and I were brainstorming. Like literally we went through our calendars and like we went, I'm like, what do you do Monday? Like literally, and people won't believe this stuff, but this is super important. And when you talked about, you know, running late or whatever, the tightly wound entrepreneur is an ineffective entrepreneur. And so the first thing my, my, my mom calls this, if there's any gift that we can give everybody, my mom calls this, you know, the, the universal rule, right? The, it's the law of linear time. Mm. Uh, we think we need systems we need tools we need visions we need mission we need all of that yes but that is all in support of linear time and and so the the more people think that they can cram in and pack in the less they understand their true worth in this world so uh if there's something that we can all do for ourselves is would be to it, to craft our days with a little space because uh margin is really powerful so if, even if we do and anything else like just mm-hmm couple of 15, 30 minute blocks here, you feel like you're unproductive, but you're not like your body needs time to integrate. Your mind needs time to integrate. That's the time where you transition from call to call, meeting to meeting, idea to idea. And so the tightly wound entrepreneur is an ineffective one. So, um, that's the gift that we can give ourselves.
0: Well, and I, I really appreciate that. We hit that so early on in this podcast, because, um, I think one of the, the, the one of the challenges that we're always faced with is that, you know, to be an entrepreneur, um, you've got to get up way before everybody, um, gets up. You've got to go to bed way later than everybody goes to bed. Um, you've got to do massive amounts of work and productivity throughout the day. You've got to be so stacked and so proficient in all your stuff. And one of the things and the tools that you have taught me and really helped me understand is, is that I do have to create more space in those days. Not only that, um, I love this concept that I have just been repeating and telling all of our leaders constantly. It has been a personal growth uh, strategy for me, too, is the flame work right? And so I'd love to just maybe dive into that just really quick about why it's so important as an entrepreneur, as a creator, as a CEO, as a leader, you need to be putting this framework in your life. And I tell you, it was a really big eye-opener for me to realize, wow, I'm not doing enough of it, and I'm not doing it often enough.
1: Yeah, yeah, totally. And I'd say this is probably if if folks can take this stuff seriously, uh, that the simplest of things can in can move the needle a lot. You know, call it's one of those the small hinges swing big doors type thing, right? So uh, picture one one of my mentors taught me this. A so picture as you're driving, as you're working out uh, with Josh and me today, picture this really old church candle. I got to found a picture of this, Josh, a really old church candle sitting in the background. And it's got a big flame, but it's been there decades, generations. It's it's a big, you know, big fat wax candle. And the reason why the flame is so bright is because of the wick and the wax. But at the same time, the wax is dripping, the wax is there, the wax is a result of the work that we do. And at some point, we need to realize what lights us up, and that's the flame. And then we also need to realize the supporting infrastructure, we need the wax. And so the wax work and the flame work is really important. So the first thing about the wax work is, um, as an entrepreneur, as we're growing and building stuff, we have to do some of those things. But the flame work is where we really get lit up. The flame work is where we suddenly look at time and and, and it's like, whoa, where did that two hours go? Mm-hmm. And that's really really powerful. And I, I I have a couple of quick things about flame and wax work. The flame work is. There there can't be more than three things not for I I use three as an arbitrary number But there's a really uh, funny thing that one of my friends told me. He says one two three too many Right. Mm -hmm. It's just it's hilarious for me. He's like, hey, like we just can't remember this stuff That's not how we're wired. It's one two three too many Like why do they say uh, one two three go? They don't say one two three four go like why? right? It's the one, two, three, too many. So uh, when you and I were kind of brainstorming, I was like, Hey, what are the three things that we work on? And I remember during my TELUS days as well. There were three things that I worked on and it was growth, culture, and innovation. If it was not one of those three things, I didn't do it. That was my framework And I would offer everyone to think about, Hey, if you only could do three things and those three things alone, what would that be? And that would be your framework Now that's, it's it, it how even even the Elon Musk of the world and who, you know, the, you know, the greats like Steve Jobs, they did flame work, but they had to do wax work, too. You still have to do laundry. You still have to do groceries. You still have to work out. You still have to drive to work. Mm-hmm. There's wax work in there. The wax work is just administration. I call this uh, my, my favorite. Word, I call this life admin. Right. Life admin is a super interesting thing, but you kind of have to do it. There's no other choice. But the wax work, as long as you can recognize is everything that's not in your top three. And that's totally cool, but mm-hmm. you're doing this. And there's two things, Josh, when it comes to wax work. A lot of the entrepreneurs will say, well, hey, you know what? I don't have a marketing uh, director, so I'm going to have to do the marketing and the copywriting myself. I understand, right? that's cool. Or, uh, hey, I don't have an operations manager, so I'm going to have to build these zaps and the Trello boards myself. I get it, that's cool. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to wax work, just like the framework has three, the wax work has two requirements. Requirement number one in the wax work is this. It's okay to do wax work if you leave a system behind. Okay. So totally cool where I'm just going to be like, Hey, I'm going to build, build something. I'm going to do it for a while. Great. Once I'm done with this, I am done. I don't have to do this again. So it's okay if you need to spend six months building out a marketing plan, but after you're done doing that, hopefully a bunch of it is automated or outsourced. So it's okay to do that when uh to leave a system but second this is what will impact most entrepreneurs is this wax work is a great way to think about it's a it's a for now work for now okay so it's like hey i'm doing uh i'm doing the cold calls it's just for now until we hit a certain sales i am doing the customer service on a different alias i created a different name called jenny at support.com i know people do that all the time it's totally fine mm-hmm. because now you're it's a for now so it's okay to do that the, the reason, Josh, that we get really, really uh, sad, depressed, um, uh, resentful is that we think our entire life is going to be work. We think we're going to have to do admin or whatever, the things that we're not impressed by all our life. Yeah. And so I always force people to think about those two things. Hey, Number one, are you leaving a system behind? Cool. That's good. And number two, is it a for now? And for now means there's an end date to it. So you and I always talk about, Hey, I'm going to do this until February and then I'm done. Cool. Awesome. As long as there's an end date to it, our mind knows that it doesn't have to slog through this for, you know, for eternity. And when you do that, then you say, okay, cool. I'm going to spend more time in my flame and my wax. And, and that's a really good question to ask, which is like, Hey, you should be able to look at your calendar and say flame, wax, flame, wax. And if you have a week, uh, a lot of times people tell me like Wednesday, man, I'm really tired. Mm-hmm. I'm like, Look at your calendar. There's a good chance that it was stacked with a bunch of wax work on Monday and Tuesday, yep. and that's why you're tired.
0: Yeah, I tell you what, it, it's so true. When I when I was reevaluating my calendar, uh, especially after you and I spoke, that's exactly what I did, and I even did it again for the fourth quarter because, you know, as you and I know, like things in especially in our businesses. They're constantly changing, and we have to continue to keep evolving, right? And sometimes that you know that flame work is for a season in that department, and then flame work is another chapter, another thing, another venture that you're doing. And so it's so important for us to continue to be looking at those calendars to make sure that we're adjusting to our adjusting to our lifestyle, right? Um, So I'd like to talk just a little bit more about so when you when you grew up, I thought this was a really interesting thing. Um, You and I spoke about this just briefly before this, but um, you know I grew up where my, my, my parents basically said, Hey, listen, we're going to sacrifice everything to have more kids. We're not going to, we're, we're not going to buy a bigger house. We're not going to have nicer things. We want to, we want to create life and we want to have a, we want to have a big family. We feel like that is our, our mission. Your parents, um, they, they said that, listen, we're going to have you and we can only afford you, but we're going to basically give you everything we got. What was that like growing up? Um, I, cause I know the mindset that I had, um, but just for you, like, was that, you know, do you now that you have children, you have two, uh, you have a, a daughter and a son. Um, did you ever want to have a brother and sister? Did you, or, or were you t- completely fine with that? Did you understand, did you have a vision already for what your parents had kind of laid out before you?
1: Yeah. It's a great question. So let me give you a fascinating background here. My mom, um, is the second of 10. Wow. So uh, and my dad is is the, is the third of three, uh-huh. and so my mom was the second of ten. So my both my parents had siblings. So between the two of them, they're like thirteen siblings, right? right. Which is crazy. Mm-hmm. My mom literally raised si- uh, siblings eight, nine, and ten because of, and there was a eighteen month difference. So literally, when my mom was sixteen, my aunt was born, which is which is so wild, right? right. And so, but what happened was a uh, when my, my mom and dad got married and they had their jobs. They just, I think they just realized that they were living in a one bedroom apartment in a city in India and they just couldn't, it it didn't allow for the, the luxuries of life. And so I think that my, my, I'm assuming this, Josh, my parents looked around and like, we have a one bedroom apartment. I don't know how many kids can fit in here, but one would work just fine. Mm -hmm. And, He decided to do that. And I think that's what happened. But to answer a deeper question there, I didn't know any different. Mm -hmm. Like I had, it's not, I had no idea about sibling. I had no idea about friends. I had no idea. So what happened was, here's what I do know. What I do know is that I got to spend a lot of time with myself. Mm -hmm. And that was not, not, it, it was, it was a requirement, right? And so I'll give you a really funny story. Well, my parents, I ran a small, advertising agency because my mom and dad realized that their their job my mom was a nutritionist my dad was a local university professor and that's uh, they were not making a lot of money and they my dad realized that he needed a better life for his son so he they both them launched this small advertising agency knew nothing they launched an advertising agency and they launched it out of our one bedroom apartment and the Uh, The bedroom in the back was our bedroom and everything else was kind of like the office in the morning. It would like our, our dining table would just shift and it would all become an office space. And we had this rule in the house that said, well, if the door is closed to the bedroom, that means we have a meeting in place and you can't leave. And I was like, I understand. That makes sense. And so there was a there. I, I, this didn't happen once, Josh. This happened multiple times. Where I'd be in the bedroom in the morning because it was a one bedroom apartment. We like I slept on the floor on a little rollaway ish mattress, and my parents slept on the bed. That's that's all I know,
2: mm-hmm.
1: or almost all my life. Like for for the first fourteen years of my life, I slept on a little rollaway mattress on the floor. Wow. I didn't have my own room. None of that. I had a little. Um, I had a little section of the arm uh, where I kept my stuff, so I didn't have a lot of clothes because it wouldn't fit more than that wouldn't fit there. Right. And the the cool part was uh, um, I had to go to school, right. And so my my parents would say, well, they had this meeting at eight a.m. and they closed the door, and I'm like, I can't leave. And so I remember sitting in my in the bedroom, and I'm like, I have no desk, nothing. So I'm sitting on the floor in on, in the bedroom, and I just have water and cashews, because mm-hmm. I just have this bag of cashews that's like that was just the sustenance i i remember sitting there for like four or five hours missing school and many days because i couldn't leave and so i have um to me the my comfort food is like cashews because i know that keeps yeah. me back to a safe place which is really weird by the way so cashews and raisins because my mom was like hey you need a, a, little, a little sustenance and i would s- sit there and i would just read like i had stacks of books and i would just read and i've read i used to just read and read because i had nothing else to do I didn't have video games or anything like that, so I would just read, and I got to spend a lot of time with myself, which was really powerful. But flip that to today,
2: mm-hmm.
1: right? I have two children um, right now, nine and five, and man, I'll tell you, I would love to have twenty.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Like I would have, I I have zero. Like you know, my my wife wouldn't want to have twenty, but right. I would, you know, <laughs> yeah. I would I would love to have twenty because the joy from the children are completely different and maybe this is this is what you and I talk about today which is i think there's a concept of minimum standards and i think that's what your parents went through and right. i that's what i'm going through right now is where i'm like hey i'll i'll make it work the joy of having uh, i think my parents were like hey th- that was there it's it's they chose they chose the we're gonna focus our efforts this way, yeah. and they they pick their priority, which is totally cool. I respect them for it. I love them for it. They, they're amazing parents. Yeah. If I had a choice right now, and I know my wife would disagree with me on more than two, like we're done. But if I had a choice, I would love to have five more, mm-hmm. right? Like unlimited number of children. I love. I'm a. I'm a. I love children. I get along great with kids, and I would fix my life to make it work. Like I would work harder, work smarter. I would do whatever it took to support um, the, the children. And I think that goes to sometimes we just need to broaden our base and broaden the requirements that we need to, that we need to fix. And and uh, I'll tell you this really interesting story. My, one of my best friends, um, she was graduating from the University of Chicago uh, recently, right? And she, a young gal, and she was like, hey, Sharon, I, you know, career advice. This was like a few years ago. And I was like, okay, cool. She's like, i um, I want to live in Chicago, and I said, "Cool." So she's like, "I'm going to go after a sixty thousand dollar a year job," and I said, "Why 60000 She's like, "Well," and she she backed into this, right? Mm-hmm. And she said, "Well, it's the sixty thousand dollar a year job because uh, to live here in in downtown Chicago, to rent a car, to be able to go out and eat, and to have this life, I know that I need whatever three thousand dollars a month or whatever it is. And so if I have that, I'm gonna this is gonna be great. So I'm just gonna look for sixty thousand dollar a year job." And I'm like, cool. So she went out and she started looking for $60,000 a year job. And lo and behold, what happened? She got herself a $60,000 a year job. Well, fascinatingly, the next year we were talking and she's like, you know what? I'd really like to drive a Ford Taurus. And I'm like, why a Ford Taurus? She's like, well, it does way better in the winter. And I'm like, that's weird, but fine. She goes, for that, I need to make a little bit more money because my, my Kia doesn't work. And I'm like, okay. Mm-hmm. I was like, just go ask for more money. She's like, well, yeah. And I'm like, what more do you need? She's like, well, if it's like 75, it would do better. So now she had lifted her minimum standard from 60 to 75. So she yeah. had her eyes set on 75. So not only did she get, was she looking at opportunities for 75? She actually found another job that was 75 because she was too afraid to have the conversation of asking for a raise. But she found a $75,000 a year job and she got that. But Josh, here's a crazy thing that happened. Her brother got sick. And mm-hmm. her brother needed medical care. Mm-hmm. That was not many of it was not uh, covered by insurance. They needed she needed help at home, and this was going to be a two-year thing. So she had to have her brother move in with her. Mm. Right now, her her expenses were going to go from seventy-five to close to one thirty a year. Wow! Right. Yep. So for her, so she was. Shocked. She didn't know what to do. So literally she upped her minimum standard from 75 to 130. And guess what? In like 60 days, she found two things. She found a $100,000 a year job and she built a $30,000 a year roughly Shopify store. She made it work because she had reset this minimum standard for that. And I think a lot of us you know, have this problem with the minimum standard we're, we're we take the minimum standard based on the environment that we're given based yeah. on how we grow up. And suddenly when we're exposed to more, it changes. And so I'll, I'll, I'll give you for those that are listening, I'll give you this one tip. And, um, when, when I was in my first CEO mastermind group and I'm looking around and we, that was a day, Josh, we were, we were sharing P and L's and I was like, wow, mm-hmm. we're sharing our Like that's super personal. Like I don't share PLs with anybody, but my CPA. Mm -hmm. I'm looking at other people's PLs. I'm like, you have a jet? Like you have three yachts? Like how, how, how is this possible? And I was like, you are no smarter than I am. I, in fact, you're, this is crazy that you have this. And my minimum standard got shattered. It changed. And I came home and I told my wife these words and I said, honey, I think I need to start counting differently. Like that was the key for me, right? Like I don't think, I think yeah. the entrepreneurs just count differently. Like a lot of times we're like, wow, if I made another 3,000, that'd be great. Some people are like, hey, if I made another 30,000, that'd be great. Some people are like, hey, a a, a six-figure month is a good month. It's like completely, you're counting yeah. differently. They're counting in zeros differently, in commas differently. And that was a big shift for me. And I think that this this, this par- parenting example this is just a minimum standard example, which is people decide what their minimum standard is, and then they build their lives around it. And if we can just shatter that minimum standard, I think it gets very exciting.
0: Yeah, I love it, buddy. I mean, it reminds me um, in in the book that we've got coming out, we talk about moving your finish line. And I think that so many people just settle with this finish line. They don't realize that, no, that you've accomplished that. That's great, but you can always move your finish line and uh, we can dive into that. But I think you really open up an opportunity here to talk because a lot of our people, this audience that we have um, on our podcast, you know, they're, they're out there grinding and they're doing things and they're. And sometimes they're failing. I mean, and a lot of times they're failing, I should say. And, and how do you, you know, you've had a lot of success in your life, but you've also had a lot of failures. You've also had a lot of setbacks. And, you know, I, I would just like to know, like, was it, a, was it a natural progression for you? Was it something that you learned in, from your parents? Was it something that you learned at Goldman Sachs? Like, what was it that allowed you to continue to push through through the failures and not start to have that mindset that, well... You know, maybe I'm not supposed to be because, you know, really I'm an immigrant. I, you know, my, you know, I, I was a tennis player. I'm not supposed to be doing this. I, what the nerve I have to go to Goldman Sachs, like help me understand that. Help our audience understand where your mindset was with that.
2: Hi, I'm Barbie with true north media and I produce quality content for all our great clients. Are you tired of worrying about finding time to produce content and make sure you're speaking to the right people on the right platforms in the right way? Let us streamline your system and do the heavy lifting so that you can focus on what makes you great. Here at True North, it's our mission to accelerate our clients' growth by helping them discover their True North. We empower businesses who want to win with the tools and strategies to tell their unique story. You'll love our process, it's really easy. First, we discover your unique needs and goals. Second, we collaborate to craft a marketing plan. And third, we launch quality content that gets results. Ready to take your success to the next level? Head to thetruenorthmedia.com to book your free strategy sesh now. Visit thetruenorthmedia.com to book now for free. True North Media, where your success matters the most. Now, back to the JK experience.
0: What was it that allowed you to continue to push through, through the failures and not start to have that mindset that, well, you know, maybe I'm not supposed to be because, you know, really I'm an immigrant. I, you know, my, you know, I, I was a tennis player. I'm not supposed to be doing this. I, what the nerve I have to go to Goldman Sachs, like help me understand that help our audience understand where your mindset was with that.
1: Yeah. Um, this is a super personal thing and I'm happy to share so. Um, recently about last year, I was working with my coach on this, who you, who you've talked to, and we did this exercise, which was very mind, very revealing for me. And we added up all just in, in very raw numbers, all the money that I have made over the year, just made raw money that I've made. Uh, and we're fortunately we've had five exits in the last 19 years. So we've, it's been, we've been lucky, Mm -hmm. but I've also added up all the money that I have lost. Literally wrote a check, lost the money, right? Not even this is not including time spent. This is just straight up dollars in, dollars out, right? Yeah. Money yeah. made, money lost. Not expenses, money lost. Right? Mm-hmm. So here's the interesting part. In my career so far, I have lost more than I have made. No kidding. How crazy is that for yeah. a second, right? Like that is insane.
0: Yeah.
1: And 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 like that if we just said, wow, if I just not lost half of that. Yes, I'd be (laughs) on Tahiti. It would be a completely different life. And but 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 I think all the money lost is what contributed to you know I'm 40 right now. It contributed to the the learning that is going to give me and my family a great future because I learned that the hard way. So let's take some real real examples, right? So first example of. Uh, without incriminating people that were that were part of this money losing sure. process with me the first thing is uh let's talk about investment investments people make investments all the time and um warren buffett has this great quote he's like hey but but rule number one is don't lose money rule number two is look at rule number one right and i'm like well <laughs> that would have made me that would have been a completely different stratosphere uh, of wealth right now but the cool part is this so i there's a lot of slick salespeople out there and I there was this real estate project that me and my business partner invested in. This guy was as kind as could be, invited us to his house, showed us his personal financial statements, said uh, and said hey, you guys get paid before we get paid, blah 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 blah. And not only did we write the check, we helped him raise more money. Okay. And it you know, it was it was it was it was seven figures, right? Mm-hmm. And that was not a, so totally both our investments and what we helped raise was seven figures and i was like and i didn't have what i've realized over this time is i unless i control the investment i'm not bringing other people into this is you know cuz otherwise it's just like well if it goes wrong i lost money too right and right after the deal closed literally no communication i'm like bro i don't even need a lot just I'm a big boy. I can deal with losing money and all of that, but just respond. Yeah. Right. Just respond. And he blamed it on his partner. He blamed it on this person. It's been five and a half, six plus years. I probably clawed back maybe 60 percent of it, maybe over five and including legal fees and all of that. But it sucks when I have to do it with a friend, yeah. and it, it's gotten to the point where I lost friends because of that. Because I got other people into this deal, and the crazy part is they don't care that I lost more than them. Yeah, they—they're they, they're like, "Sharon, I appreciate that you lost three hundred thousand dollars or whatever. I lost thirty, so screw you." And <laughs> I'm like, "Bro, <laughs> like, you know." But but the crazy part is sometimes investments go south as well, even though they're they're shown up front and. Lesson on, on stuff like that, lesson number one, lesson number one, we realized pretty quickly that my business partner and I, who has my, been my partner 20 plus years, were 50-50 partners in everything. Mm-hmm. And he said to me, he's like, maybe it's time for a charter. So we wrote an investment charter. And we said, "Hey, Brilliant. here are the rules of how we actually invest in stuff. Mm-hmm. We have to know the operator at least three years. We have to have, one of us has to have a personal relationship with him. Like, like literally, we wrote down it can't be more than you know two percent of our assets. Like we wrote down these rules, and because of losing that, that charter came about, and that was better because without yes. that, the charter would have never, never existed at all. So." Um, today we have the charter because it's super easy. Now when someone pitches me something, I'm like, well, not part of the chart, super easy to say yes or no. Otherwise I would have probably, we probably lost more. A lot of us are very easy to, once we have a tough experience, we don't go back and actually there's no learning around it. And that was a, that was a big, the charter was a big learning. Uh, so talk about that was a learning experience. I'll give you the second one, which I think you'll appreciate a lot. So we built a business, um, a very successful entrepreneur had this idea. And he said, hey, uh, I want to partner with somebody that can build this idea. It'll be a partnership. And we're going to build an app. And it's going to be cool. And so I said, cool, I think I can do this. And I almost put the rest of my life on hold. uh, And for six to eight weeks, I literally went, you know, I I thought this was going to be the next next big thing. Mm -hmm. I did it. I did my part really well. I actually did it without even signing agreements because I was like, Hey, we'll figure all that out as I'm doing this because that's the process. And we figured all of that out and Mm. and I wrote a check. So I wrote a check. I worked for free. I built the team. I built the company I built the process. I raised money. So we raised, uh, we raised close to two ish million dollars. I wrote a personal check. I worked in the business. I built the app. I built all of it. And then, um, me the the guy just went crazy and it's to the point where i was like talk about throwing in the towel at this point i was like okay i have a choice right now the choice is looking back i can fight for my stake and all of that but or i can walk away because i'm eight weeks in and we still had success so the question then became well when like you said when do you pull the plug yeah i actually thought this was going to be my next kind of my next swan song my next hurrah and so I said, well, uh, how I should find some kind of continuity for all that I've built. So we found an operator who would actually take my place. Um, I gave him all my equity. And I said, listen, whatever I invested, I've invested. Hopefully, I'll get it back at some point. If I don't, that's cool. At least you can take this and move forward. I can go and sleep well because this was done. Mm-hmm. And today, if that happened today, Josh, I would light up legal counsel. right but but at that point 10 years ago i didn't know any different and and it even with all the hard work even with all the money raised there's now i had more investors pissed off at me um and it's tough and and i've realized over the years that regardless of how hard you work stuff goes wrong and 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 it's and sometimes you just have to pull the plug that's a super abbreviated story but a lot more happened than, than just that and was people always say this, right? Things go wrong. Like Sharon takes some responsibility. 100%. Yeah. Right. right? There's no like partner did bad. Like I'm as much of part of the problem as as someone else. It's something didn't work. Yeah. Right. And that would have been me, my capabilities, my skill set, my mindset, whatever. (laughs) If Warren Buffett's rule number one, like don't lose money. Right, Right. Right. And so, so just, just the learning from that was, I'll give you my learning around that is, um, a big learning for me is that partnerships for me, good ones that stand the test of time end up being good 50, 50 partnerships. I am very rarely doing, uh, I don't mind doing a 20 to me, 80 to Josh. I don't mind doing that. Right. I don't like the reverse. I don't like doing 80, 20 because that doesn't work for me because what I've noticed is a one little extra percent doesn't motivate somebody. I, I'm okay because in, in my life, so so I have spent, I've almost um, unwound a lot of partnerships uh, if they're not 50-50, mm-hmm. because I think when you're 50-50, it helps a lot. And this is just me personally. So that was the next learning for me, which mm-hmm. is 50-50 partnerships with the right people are much cleaner uh, because it doesn't it aligns incentives really well.
0: I, you know, I couldn't agree with you more, man. And I tell you, you know, you helped me, obviously, um, when we first started uh talking and and you were mentoring me, you know, I was kind of going through that transition. I was, I mean, it was a, I was going into a potentially a really big opportunity and uh, you just, you know, one of the things that I really appreciated that you offered to me at the very beginning was uh, you just started asking questions, and unfortunately, we get excited about—one I mean, of the things that we love as, as an entrepreneur is we get excited about these new ventures. We get excited, excited about creation and what it can, it can do and what the opportunities and the possibilities are. And we really don't uh, sit back from it and ask the hard questions like, well, what if this happens? Or what if this comes about? Or what if we go down this road, Right. And I think it's so imperative that as a, as a CEO, as a leader, that you have to have people that are, that you're sitting at their feet. I've I've said this so many times. I mean, how many people do you have around at your board table? How many people do you have that are mentoring you that are, that have been there that can give you great advice? I love it. One of the things, Sean, that you uh, spoke about in, and it was one of your podcasts, I think that you did with Be- Bedros, uh, I loved it. It, was, it was when your father told you to write the check uh, to that person that you wanted to get advice from. And, and I'm telling you, I'm going to do that. Like I really am. I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for that opportunity because I do think it was such a powerful moment that you were talking about. And when you're willing to write a check, uh, to show your, the value that that person would bring to you, it's amazing how they're going to help you and pour into you. Um, and sometimes they might not because they just can't, but I, I just love that concept tell me about mentorship I know that's a big thing that you are in that realm and you do an amazing job I obviously with myself with many other uh, entrepreneurs and CEOs just just share with people like why you feel like that is such an important thing that we all need to be looking at
1: yeah um, um, I'll give you two quick stories the first one is that that day my father said to me I'll give you the real words right my dad said to me he so I went to this conference I saw this Lady speak. And I thought, I talked talk to my dad on my way home. I, my dad said, well, do you think she can help you? I said, I think so. He goes, well, ask her. I was like, well, I don't know what to ask her. He's like, well, write her an email. And my dad said, use the script. He says, dear so-and-so I was at your presentation. I love what you had to say. Uh, I would like to offer you $10,000 as a symbol of my seriousness. This was like 20 plus years ago. And I, I didn't have, I had like $14,000 to my name or something yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. And so he said, um, but the key words were this. Uh, I'd like to offer you ten thousand dollars as a symbol of my seriousness, and I and I said I don't expect one-on-one sessions. I don't. I just expect you to prioritize my email communication, right? And that was she was my first. She was my first mentor, which is amazing. But the interesting part here, though, Josh, is someone actually heard that story on some podcast, and I am not joking. Um, he was on a plane. He was in the process of uh, selling his business. Uh-huh. He literally uh he took a picture he wrote a check to me for ten thousand. he used the same exact word i don't need to meet with you i just need you he took a picture of his of, of this check on his uh tray table on a plane and he emails it to me he's like i have this check when can i talk to you and i'm like this is crazy right and it and, and i supported him i support he's actually right now as we record this he's in the process of uh of, of selling his business for you know um uh, uh like mid eight figures which is very cool
2: Wow.
1: and so oh. th- that said uh let's talk about this mentoring idea the the first thing is if people always uh, tell me things like well if if josh can do it you can do it too sharon can do it you can do it too well that's totally not true right like that is it's super hard to it's crazy to say that because how is that even remotely true because right. they don't have, they don't have you. They don't have, uh, your strengths, your weaknesses, your, idiosyncrasies, where you grew up. They don't, they don't have you. So I've been thinking a lot about this, Josh. And I said, well, if I can't be Josh, if I can't model Josh, if I can't model Steve jobs, if I can't model, uh, you know, Larry Page, Sergey Brin, Elon Musk, who do I model? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm thinking, and I was like, well, I bet they have a support system. So instead of modeling Steve jobs or Elon Musk, can I model their support system? Because mm-hmm. now if I can install the same support system that they have for yeah. myself, maybe it'll bring out the best in me. Yeah, And that's what completely switched it on for me. I was like, I'm going about this all wrong. Like I can't just because Steve jobs woke up at 3:45 or Elon Musk da- did this or took a risk. Like I-, I can't do that. If Elon Musk put, 97 percent of his net worth at risk like i can't do that like that's not how i'm wired Mm -hmm. he did and that's because that's how he is but he did that because he got some support yeah he made the final decision but what is the support system and so i've been on this mad um kind of dash of trying to figure out everybody's support system so when i talk to somebody and i see that they're doing really well i like try to sneak my way into asking questions about like well how did you do that and my favorite thing is where did you learn that and most of the time they'll say well Mm -hmm. YouTube videos. And I'm like, bro, come on. Like yeah. there's more than a YouTube video that you like how how many 4,000 YouTube videos that it took you to learn right. this? It's not like there's an insight that happened. Oh, I went to an event, I hired this person, I went to this seminar, I read this yeah. book. Who's the book? Cool. Who's that person? Awesome. Like I want to know that. And I think modeling the support system is a significantly better approach because now you can it forces you to do two things. One, you've done a very thoughtful job of saying, all right, I really like how Josh has set up his life. Who's his support system? I'm going to have same for me. That's number one. And worst case scenario, you have an amazing support system. Yes. (laughs) Like that's the, that's, that's the best part. So if I could, um, if I just kind of, you know, mapped my life out in, in five-year chunks from zero to today, I could probably put dots on where there were kind of these, you know, big shifts, right? Right. And I will tell you, always before the big shifts came some uh, support system-based experience, some mentor, coach, advisor, guide, somebody that took me under their wing and helped me accelerate that curve. And I didn't believe it until I retrospectively saw it. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so crazy. One, I'm super thankful that I see it now and not 20 years from now. Mm -hmm. Two, this is crazy that I didn't see this 15 years ago because I would have put, you know all the money that I'd spend doing other things like travel or what I would have put it in that, and this would have completely changed the very trajectory of my life. So for me, it is if I could change anything, it would be one: model other people's support systems because it allows you to get to know them better. And two, it, I would invest in that upfront because the, now uh, I call this the idea, Josh, of You outsource your success to someone else
0: right? That's good, buddy. Oh, that's great. Right? Yeah.
1: yeah now, now it's not your problem anymore. You're like, yeah. Sean, help me. <laughs> yeah. Like now it's my right? problem, now it's, which is, so now I have this insane responsibility, which I'm like, I have to help Josh to do this because I feel I want to see him succeed. And mm-hmm. I am the support system. And when you can outsource success, it's not for accountability though. Like it's not the show up at 5am at the gym. That's not what this is about, but this is for responsibility. That's not accountability versus responsibility. So I'm a big fan of uh, I, I have no problem writing the check, and I think you and I talk about this often, which is it's weird to just ask somebody to just pick their brain because right. you've spent three decades accumulating this experience. Yes, you can give it to me in three minutes. I get it, but that that is karmically unfair. That's all it is. It's just yeah. unfair. Mm-hmm. And. My network, my learnings, my like—I've learned all of that, and it's not for me. It's just there's a there needs to be karmic balance. That's why this this exists, right? For for whoever, and the sooner that folks can get around that and say, okay, this is not a um, this is not anything more than a karmic balance, because otherwise I'm going to pay for this. You're going to pay for this in some way, right? And it's easier to pay for it now and, and have the balance as opposed to pay for it ten times more later, and you don't want that. And that's why I think. That's why when you, I'm so excited for your book to come out because think about this, right? A $15 investment into someone's, that someone has spent what, 18 months putting together? Right. Yep. Like that's why it blows my mind that people wouldn't take a book and a mentor in the form of a book. So I'm a big fan of um, buying speed and outsourcing success.
0: Well, I'll tell you what, one of the things, uh, you know, on top of what you just said right there, I want to highlight, you are such an amazing connector. Uh, I have just really appreciated, well, since I've gotten to know you, not only are you an amazing connector, but one of the things that you constantly are asking is, what can I do for you? Like you're just, I mean, and and, and I know it's a simple concept, but once again, that's what's so important about having really great people around you that you, that you bring into your table, that you bring into your sphere, is because... I think all of, us, I think especially with entrepreneurs, we all want to grow. like we we don't want to suck. We don't want to not be successful, right? But sometimes we just don't know the path. We're willing to do the work. Just help guide me through that path. Help be that person there to help cut down the tree so that I can see a little bit more clearly because right now I'm in a forest and I don't know which way to go, right? And you've done an exceptionally great job in my life to help me from a different point of view to say, hey, I know this doesn't seem obvious to you, but this is this is something you need to be looking at. This is something that you should you, you should venture into. This is something that you should possibly look at. You know, should, you should change. And and it was those aha moments for me. So I will tell you, man, I'm I'm living proof that what you're saying is so true. And I know that you, of course, are as well too. From the mentors that you have. Um, so we've been on this. It's hard to believe, but this has been a great long podcast here. I'd like to leave these guys with one more thing. And this was something in my research uh, of getting to know you a little bit more that was, uh, it's definitely something I am implementing. It is like hands down, it's, it is changing my, uh, the, my formula when I come home. You read an article and you talked about one hack that, uh, it was really personal to you because, uh, obviously you were finding yourselves, uh, finding yourself not being the father that you wanted to be when you showed up at home. And, you know, one of the comments I love that you said is that it's not just about 10Xing one area of your life. You want to do that naturally in all these areas. So we all want to be great dads. We all want to be great moms. We all want to be great husbands and wives, not just in our business, but in our life, right? Just, we want to be 10X in our life give them the hack about um not showing up and pulling into the driveway when you're on the phone. This is yeah. absolutely amazing.
1: Yeah, totally. And I think I think you nail it on the 10x hack as well because people need to realize that you can't just 10x one part of your life. Everything else will will lift up as well. But the same goes the other way too, Josh. You can't just drop you can't just say, well, I'll let my weight slide. Yeah. And everything else will everything else will drop with that. Yeah. So so whatever happens up up top uh, happens down below as well. And that's why um, you know, that's why us constantly working on pushing upwards is really important. So it's impossible to have a 10x company and not and not leveling up in the other areas. Like you have to become a better entrepreneur. You have to become a better productivity person. You have to become a better, you have no choice, right? And that, the the cost of a 10X business is the cost of leveling everything else up. And the cost of leveling everything else up is getting more margin because you need time to grow, right? Like you need time to grow. Um, So, so this happened, I think most people can kind of connect with this. There were, this happened for months where I would drive home and want to squeeze every ounce of my, uh, waking time out. I'm like, oh, I just take that call in the car. So I take the call in the car, drive home, pull into my garage, uh, and I'll see my garage door open. And my my the kitchen door will open. My kids will come running out. They'll start banging on the door. Uh, and I'm still on the phone. And I just raise my finger and I say, one minute, yeah. one minute. Mm-hmm. And they'll they'll be there. They'll play around for a while. And then they'll walk back in. Yeah. And this happened week after week, month after month, week after week. Same thing. I'll pull in, garage door will open, kids will come running out. And it's the most joyful thing for me to see the kids run out of the the garage, right? Well, the crazy part was one day I pulled in, I'm on the phone, the garage door opens, and nobody comes running out. It's like, huh, interesting. Maybe they're busy. Second day it happened. Third day it happened. Well, I just realized that they knew that I was just going to say one minute, one minute, one minute, and not not talk to them. And it broke my heart. Mm -hmm. It just totally broke my heart. And it was probably one of the saddest days of my of my recent life that I can remember, because to me, the most joyful thing is opening the door and seeing my kids run into my arms like that is that makes my whole day. Well, so I said, well, I got to do something about this. So I made a decision that I'm going to change my state before I do that. And the least all I did now was as soon as I pull into my neighborhood, I just pull over into a spot where I get good service. I just pull over and I finish up a call there. Mm -hmm. I just finished the call there. And even if I'm late, I don't mind being late, but I'm not on the phone. I just don't mind being late. And I sit there, Josh, and then um, I have this app and it's called Budify, B U D D H I F Y. It's not fancy. It's like I use, again, it's a support system, right? Right. right. Um, it's, a, it's a, you can get five to seven minute guided meditations. I put the app on, I hit play. It's something that changes my state from being the kind of go getting entrepreneur to like stop to being dad. And to being a husband, to being, and to being with my family. And I hit play on that meditation. And as soon as that meditation's over, I hit, you know, I turn my phone into airplane mode and that's my ritual. And I pull into my garage because that way, when I pull into my garage, I am a different, I'm back in my state. And it, now like I have seen my, my kids will just come running out even today. And it's my my son less though my, my daughter's four and a half and she, she does that, yeah. but I'm not, uh, I'm not, putting up my finger or anything like that saying, Hey, one minute anymore. And that's changed. This changed everything. And it's just the smallest hack ever Yeah. But that's changed me to force me to have a better state.
0: Well, and it's a, and here's the thing is like, it's so obvious that we should be doing it, but we don't, once again, it just, it's not that we don't want to do it. We just don't know that that's something that we should do. So that's why it's so important. So uh, buddy, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you uh, pouring into our guests, pouring into me as you do, man. You've just been, um, once again, I just can't say enough great things about you and the man that you are. And uh, I love uh, I love that you are such a great father and, and husband and how important that is in your life, man. And that is uh, something that, uh, that that means a lot to me. I love the fact that you were in the Kingsman shirt. Everybody knows about uh, Kingsman on this. We've talked about it many times. So we've got Sharon representing uh, Kingsman as well. Too. To, um, and there's no better representation than you brother. Um, so how do people connect with you? Um, you give a lot, I mean, you've got a lot of content that you give out there. You've got a lot of programs that be, people can be a part of. Um, I love one of the things that you have is your four week, um, MBA that I know that you've got, you developed that. That is an amazing class. What's the best way for people to connect. And I know that you've got some stuff for our audience here.
1: Yeah, totally. So first, thank you for having me. I think this is a, you know, you know how much I respect you and I do do, do anything for you. This is, Um, so the easiest way, if if people like the social media stuff, just grab me on Instagram. That's probably the easiest way. But if you liked this and you want to support Josh and want to go deeper with the stuff, um, I had this four week MBA and I'll tell you how it all came about. It was, I looked back at the last 20 years and I pulled out my favorite 20 lessons that I've learned. And instead of building a 97 million hour course around it, I recorded uh, a 10 minute segment for each lesson. So it's 20 lessons and it's 10 minutes each. And, uh, it's totally free. Uh, it's, it's just my gift to you. There's no, like, there's no, there's no funnel. There's nothing like that. So it's at four So it's the number four If you like this, I suggest you, I think you will like that again. It's a uh, four It's my 20 lessons from the last 20 years. And it's in, in a 10 minute, bite-sized chunk each. So I think you'll appreciate that a lot.
0: Fantastic. And you can always go to sharon.com too, to find more information about it. He's got a ton of blogs, uh, videos that he's done in the past. So you can just get more of his wisdom that he's sharing. And I tell you, you know, you just do it so freely and open, man. And that's, I think one of the reasons why you're such a success, uh, because you care so much about people. So buddy, thank you again, dude. This was awesome. And, uh, it is just always a pleasure anytime I've got to talk with you and now I get to share this with everybody else. So this is just a really great opportunity for them too.
1: Hey, man. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it.
0: All right, guys. Well, hey, listen, uh, I know that you guys took some massively great things away from this podcast with uh, Sharon. So not only do I hope you um, implement it in your life, I hope that it, uh, it impacts you, but I I hope you just share this. I know that there's people in your life, you have other people that uh, you're leading that need to hear this message, some great hacks, some great things that they can do mentally as they prepare for that next step and that next opportunity to lead in their life. So take advantage of that and please share it. So we will definitely look forward to seeing you guys on the very next episode. Before you go. We, Wait, want you you go we want you we to know how you we want know listening to the JK experience we are for you you're, you're the listening reason to JK keep sharing valuable you are the reason we everybody. keep sharing valuable if content if you found any everybody. value in this podcast if you found please any value channel. in this podcast write us subscribe to our view. channel hey and write we want, want to know what view. you think so that we can we want to know what you think so that we can catch you next time we'll catch you next time